Hello and welcome to season two, episode 14 of Duelist Community. I will be playing the part of Andrew today. I will be playing the part of a very excited Ray. I'm just going to sing some of our praises this time first up because it's been a very exciting week. This month, once again, we've almost doubled our audience size. In general, our community is growing. It's thriving. Uh, Discord, we have over 220 members now, most of which are actively talking to one another, sharing their artwork, sharing their successes, sharing their challenges. It's very exciting. We're over a thousand subscribers on YouTube. That's a new development. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. And thank you for joining us on there. If you haven't joined us on YouTube yet, please do. We'd love to see you. We do toss on occasional extra clips. Uh, we talk about our Patreon channel on there. And of course, we're going to do uh, different things on there from time to time, including eventually a YouTube live show. Um, additionally, we've passed 20,000 plays of the Dualistic Unity podcast on Spotify and Apple Music and, and podcast platforms everywhere. That's a, a huge milestone for us. It wasn't that long ago when we were excited to have a dozen people tuning into an episode. So to have 500 to 1,000 people each episode joining us and participating and, and giving us feedback it's beyond a dream come true. And so I just wanted to say to everybody who has joined us and is joining us and will join us in the future, because of course there is no time, everything is now, uh, thank you. It's exciting to have you here and I'm very, very excited to see what all of this turns into. Yeah, it was cool to look at the numbers. Ray and I were just looking at the numbers. He shared a screen with me and, and we were seeing just the performance of, of the podcast. And it's fascinating too, because there's no difference. Like there's really no difference in anything about how we feel going into each episode or the mentality of the conversation when we were in our first or second or third episode, when there was like, I don't know, five to 10 or 15 people listening to now when there's, you know, upwards of a thousand people, if not significantly more for every episode like each every couple of days we're getting numbers like that so it's been awesome to see but it's also just cool to remember and and remain in the mentality that we've always been in that we're just having a conversation for the sake of having one with no direction or, or i mean direction but with no goal whatsoever and just seeing where it takes us no pre preparation for any episodes Still to this day, no preparation. We just start talking and then eventually we do the intro and then just continue talking and people have resonated. And now we have Discord and Patreon and we're doing all these different things and we never planned for any of it. And I think that's one of the, some of the beauty in this is that it's just, we're seeing where it goes just as much as anyone is. We're seeing where it takes us just as much as anyone is watching where it goes. And so it's been a fun ride. And I think we're both just enjoying it, hopefully as much as you guys are enjoying listening to it. And what's fun, in, in my opinion, is that it really tests the boundaries of what we're talking about in terms of active uh, participation in the insight, rather than just talking about the insight, which is always what we're trying to avoid here on the podcast, right? And so when I talk about the podcast in general to people, it's always the podcast is growing. The conversation in the podcast is, is developing. It's not, I'm growing the podcast. It's not, I'm growing this conversation. There's no me in that because the conversation is growing and adapting, not only according to our conversation here, but according to all the feedback from everybody who participates in the Discord and otherwise contacts us on social media, asks questions, challenges us, right? And so our content is 
continuously changing and adapting according to the influence of the reality that we're a part of. And then we're expressing that through reality again for somebody else to take and adapt and it goes full circle and the ripples just keep changing the pond. And that's what excites me about this the most is that that has been the point that the conversation itself, whether you're having it by yourself or with others is transformative because you can sit in a room by yourself, just talking to yourself through all of this stuff, dealing with your doubt, dealing with your fear, dealing with the idea that you are what you are or that you are what you think you are and then totally change the entire world without talking to a single person, simply because you're no longer in the same chaotic state of mind. And you are sending out ripples all the time. I find it fascinating because we've talked about this previously, but even the human heart sends out a vibration that's measurable up to several meters away, right? And that's just measurable up to several meters away, which is more indicative of our limitations in terms of technology and measuring instruments rather than the limitations of that actual field. Right? which means that we're constantly rippling back and forth. And as we've said, that's, that's often why when you walk into a room, you will feel the vibe of the room, right? And, you, and your response to that vibe is largely going to be dictated by the distortion that you're experiencing caused by your commitment to the illusion of, of separation, right? And so there's so much that goes into that. And I just wanted to mention again, um, in the previous episode, uh, Lucid Living, we gave a free coupon code or a copy of our social anxiety and worry workshop. Uh, if you haven't found that coupon code, I do believe there are still a few copies left. Uh, go back to Lucid Living, giving it a, give it a listen because there's a lot of insight in that episode. But the social anxiety and worry workshop really gets to the crux of how we can take the experience we're having in regards to our environment and turn that into, into an opportunity to learn more about our ability to adapt. So it, it's really about making the most out of every experience we have, rather than trying to get out of the experience of social anxiety. It's learning to look at it and transform it into something else. And so if that's something that you're interested in, I definitely recommend you go and check out that workshop. It's five and a half hours long. We, we did it over four days. There is a lot of content in there. And I, I can't recommend enough that if you're dealing with just general worry or, or, or worrying about judgment, worrying about going into new situations, say you have a job coming up or going into school, that workshop will help a lot. And of course, if there are no coupon codes left and you don't want to buy the workshop, you can also participate in our latest um, marketing campaign where you can go into a public place. It doesn't have to be hugely uh, crowded. It can be just a few people. Look at your phone, record yourself just saying something along the lines of, I am conquering my social anxiety or I am getting over my social anxiety and hashtag it dualistic unity, tag Andrew or me, and we'll get in touch with you and we will give you a copy of the workshop for free just because that is the first and most important step is to, is to decide that you are making that first and most important step. Yeah, in the, in the recognition, just the simultaneous recognition that you are not what you think you are and continuing to question that idea and seeing opportunity in every situation for to continue to almost perpetuate that idea that you are not what you think you are and prove these ideas wrong of what you think you are. Those combined just build so much faith in yourself. And it almost goes from, you know, the universe and this experience being this dreary thing that you have to just drudge through and life is terrible to, oh, there's opportunities to 
recognize different things and, oh, this thing that I think I am, I'm not because I'm never what I think I am. And those things in combination have been extremely transformative just for myself. Like that is the experience that I know. And, and that is what I see day to day is just the continuous questioning of what I think I am kind of builds on the opportunities that I see for myself. And then the opportunities that I come across day to day, build that faith in myself, which continues to allow myself to continue questioning. And it's like this crazy cycle that just peels back everything about what you think you are and simultaneously allows you to experience and take those first steps of faith without knowing where it's going to lead you. And it's, it's from something as simple as starting to speak without knowing where you're going to go with it to something more concrete, like doing something you're very much afraid of in this whole situation that you're afraid of putting yourself out there, you know, in front of people or anything like that. And then from within of just like having a conversation, starting conversations, starting to speak, raising your hand, saying some words without necessarily knowing where it's going to go. And the more faith you build in yourself, the more trust you have in your ability, no matter what the situation is, whether it's literally could be anything that you are okay with taking that first step because you have that faith in yourself and you know, no matter what happens, it's not going to take away anything from what you truly are. It's not going to add anything to what you truly are. So why not take this first step, see what happens, experience the experience and learn from it and keep taking steps. And the more steps you take, the easier it is going to be to take those steps. And it just comes back to those ideas and being able to build faith in yourself. And as you build more faith in yourself, every step gets easier along the way. And it's just a fascinating cycle. And it's self-refining. This is something I was saying to uh, somebody else on TikTok yesterday, and uh, he's going to potentially be a guest in an upcoming episode. So I'm not going to spill the beans as to who that is yet, but we were just talking about the process of oscillating in and out of clarity right? And as we oscillate in and out of clarity, we lose our balance, we find our balance, we lose our balance, we find our balance, we start to get better at finding our balance, we start to get a better understanding of what balance is, of what clarity actually feels like. And so the process of oscillating in and out of clarity starts to get narrower and narrower and narrower. And all of a sudden, it's because you recognize what clarity is, you start to actually feel it when you're losing clarity. That's, that's something I've expressed to life coaching clients in the past that at one point I used to watch my thoughts and I would catch them for, for the drag that I knew that they had in terms of pulling me back into the illusion of myself. Now I can feel that thought coming before it ever manifests as an actual cognitive thought. I can feel my perception changing to myself being real as an illusion of an, or as, as an idea. And immediately it's like, whoa, no, 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 no. I'm going to stop doing that right there. And, and it's just like, why am I doing that? And I'll start questioning again, the perception and the perception is always, you know, fear. The perception is always separation. The perception is always a need for control or a need to judge or a need to try and establish some sense of value. Always. It's always within that dualistic perspective of reality and myself. And as soon as I recognize that it starts to go away and, and the thoughts just subside because the thoughts aren't the dominant issue. They're not the, the uh, primary concern the thoughts come from your overall perception of your relationship with reality 
right? And so as long as you see reality is separate from you, your thoughts are gonna echo that. They're going to validate the perception that keeps you focused on them. I said this in a TikTok video recently, and a few people asked me to, to explain. That's what this is really all about, is that if you perceive yourself to be divided from the world, your thoughts are going to validate that perception. They're going to give you a lot of reasons that you are divided from the world. And you're going to want to entertain those thoughts, resolve those thoughts, cope with those thoughts, all of which justify continuing to look at the thoughts. And you can chase that dragon forever and never find the end until you recognize that thoughts aren't the problem. They're coming from the perception. I found it recently that I don't have as many intrusive thoughts like I used to so often. And I think it comes back to just like Ray was saying, it is the perception of yourself is the root. And because what intrusive thoughts do you ever really have that don't have to do with the idea of you? It's so often that that is the crux of it. Like that's what you have thoughts about, about how other people are perceiving you or what you are good or bad at and all these things. So as you begin to more clearly see that you are not what you think you are, as you continue questioning what you think you are, all of a sudden, if there isn't as much of a sense of you and like a sense of sure sense of this identity that you have built, and you know, you are just here and now always just some awareness here and now without so much identity, what are you going to have an intrusive thought about? Right? Like, that's really what I've been re recognizing is I, I recognize that I'm not Andrew, that I am a nameless being here and now. I identify as Andrew for convenience sake, but I know it isn't what I am. So it's almost like I, I have a tough time thinking of what intrusive thoughts can I even have? What thoughts could infiltrate my mind that would be so terrible and difficult to deal with because they always, every single time, essentially had to do with, with my perception of myself and my idea of myself and my fear of someone judging that idea of self or, or worrying about what someone thinks of this idea of myself. But as soon as you begin to more clearly see that that is not you, that anything you think that you are isn't what you actually are, there isn't much to have thoughts and, and worries and fears about anymore. So your mind doesn't have that thing to base all of its thoughts around. And it's like, all of a sudden, you're just walking around recognizing yourself and everything, not having a localized idea to have intrusive thoughts about. So that's how that's kind of worked in my mind, as I have more clearly recognized that I'm not what I think I am. Um, but I think it's very much in parallel to what Ray was just referencing in his explanation as well. And it's funny, this goes back to something that somebody was saying in discord in regards to working at, at a job that you start to realize you don't resonate with anymore. Right. And, and it's because you got that job because of how you perceived yourself. Typically, that's how it works, right? And, and then you realize, oh, actually, this job doesn't define me. I don't get any value out of doing this job. And when I start to look at the nature of the job, I realize it's not necessarily what I want to do. But all of that in mind, it pays the bills. There's some security here. At least I can you know, go out and do things that I enjoy with my loved ones. I have some degree of freedom as a, as a result of trading some of my time for this job. And so maybe I can get my preferences out of the way and find some lessons within this environment that I wouldn't if I was just complaining about it. And so there's that, that option. I can make the most of this. 
which is the nice part about not committing to your idea of yourself is that you are not invested in an illusion. So you're not invested in the path that validates that illusion. So you can change your path at any point. Life becomes option rather than investment and risk and cost. And that's really how we, we think about it when we think about our identity. Like I have so much invested in, of, of myself in this that if I were to just walk away, it would be wasted time. It's like, no, you're still you. You've still grown and changed and adapted. You, have, you are a different person now. So that served a purpose regardless if you see that purpose or not. But there is this point where while you can make the most of that experience, you can also decide that you're done making the most of that experience and just go in another, in another direction. There is no right path. It comes down to what do you want to open yourself up to? What insights and challenges and obstacles are you ready to go in and put in front of yourself? Right? Because that's really what it is. We're always trading some degree of, of comfort and security for insight and change. Right? Every time we hold on to something, that's, that's us resisting the unknown. That's us resisting what could happen if we let it go. So there's a balance of that in life. Enjoy what you know. When it starts to become an addiction, when it starts to become a source of, of unhappiness for you, then that's usually a good sign that it's time to change and, and go in a different direction. And once again, go through the cycle again. You will once again get to that new environment and go, yeah, this is awesome, until it doesn't resonate with you anymore because you continue to change. And, and that's where we tend to get tripped up in relationships as well, is that we get connected to the familiar because the familiar is a source of certainty and therefore an addiction. Yeah, it's kind of funny because that person you're referencing from Discord actually spoke to recently because they are a tier two patron. So they got a free one-on-one -on -one with either Ray or myself. So I handled the one-on-one -on -one and it's pretty much the, and I'm interested to see what they think of this episode because that's more or less what we talked about. And some of the things that we brought up were one of the one of the other things that I thought of was or that we discussed was the idea of of bringing the idea of a job you don't like into every situation that you have within that job. And our reality is moment to moment. Everything we're doing is moment to moment, but we bring, we always bring these ideas of our preferences and what we like and don't like. And, oh, I have this job that I hate. So like everything you do within that job, even if it is an opportunity to improve yourself as a, as an overall human being, because you're weighed down by your opinion of the job as a whole, you can't see that the moment to moment actions that you're taking are being diminished based on that idea you have about the job. So, and quite frankly, I can resonate with this a lot because I struggle with the same thing time to time. Like I have a full-time job, Ray has a full-time job. We may have certain preferences about these jobs. Obviously we really enjoy doing the podcast. I would say both of us enjoy it more than we enjoy our day-to-day -day jobs as we've discussed. But when you bring your preference into the moment-to-moment actions that you're taking within the job, it's only going to make that job more difficult. It's only going to make your experience more difficult. But when you can see it as outside of this idea of a job or kind of peel back similar to peeling back the idea of yourself, the idea of this job and your thoughts about the job that you have, and you can just see it as a neutral thing. And instead of having everything that you're doing day to day within this job that you hate, you can just think of each action as an opportunity to 
grow yourself as a human being and almost like gamify it a little and see it as like, oh, I like this week for work, I had to give a presentation that was like, or a training that was pretty long to like a bigger group of people, like 20 people on a client. And I saw it more so as this is an opportunity for me to improve my public speaking skills, ability to communicate this other thing that I understand that other people don't understand as much and try and bridge that gap. No differently than on the podcast, we are trying to bridge this mentality of recognizing that you are the universe. You are the universe experiencing itself without so much identity. How can we meet people with where they're at? So as you start to see every moment as opportunities to recognize different things about yourself and the world around you without all of the very heavy labels that you have about the broader scope of whatever you're doing, being categorized within, be it a job or any other type of situation, there's less weight going into it. And you can see things a little bit more clearly and see. And then we actually touched on some of the other things Ray brought up and just the recognition that, you know, there's, there's opportunities in everything. And, and when you are able to set your preferences aside and see things a little bit more clearly, similarly to what I was just saying, there is more opportunity to grow and learn than there ever would have been if you bring this idea of whatever you're doing into every situation that you're doing within that situation. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because we can change our situation. We can actually quit our job, go to another job and still bring the same narrative, the same problem, the same preferences and same opinions with us and completely repeat the cycle. And that happens quite a bit. Right. And it's like, oh, I've always got the best luck. It's like, well, you're changing everything in your environment except the content, which is you. Right. And this is this is something that actually happens quite a bit in life coaching. I would often run across people who, as a means of trying to feel better, would change everything within their apartment or everything within their house. They would change the furniture. They change the way everything's laid out. They repaint the walls. And, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. Of course, obviously, you know, variety is the spice of life. You know, you change things around, do whatever you want. But if you're doing it as a means of trying to solve a problem that's internal, then that's only going to last a certain amount of time because the external change will draw your attention away from your narrative, which is why you feel better. You feel better because all of a sudden all of this change is exciting and it brings your attention to what's real, what's right in front of you. But then eventually you're going to start identifying with that, that environment again. You're going to start identifying with the choices you made or the things that, that you've decided to, to put in your environment. You're going to start thinking about yourself again and, and you're going to end up back in the same problem because the problem wasn't the environment. The problem was the lens with which you are perceiving and experiencing that environment from, right? And so it's very important to remember that while our external is a part of our consideration, the internal has to be an equal part to that consideration. And I mean equal. You can't just focus on the internal either because then what you'll end up being is a very happy person in an insane asylum, which doesn't help anything, right? And so it's worthwhile to work on yourself and then adjust your life accordingly. But what I find funny, and Andrew and I was, were talking about this before the episode, is that as you do that, as you go through this process of changing yourself, changing who you are at work, 
therefore changing the relationship at work and often changing where you work as a result because everything shifts as you go through that process over and over and over again. Your reality, your external does start matching your internal more and more and more. There is an alignment that happens over time as you oscillate back and forth between balancing the internal, balancing the external, realizing that they're both the same thing and just continuing on the path. And I was saying to Andrew that I, I find it personally very funny that at this point in my life, when I look at my external environment, I go for a walk every day in an environment where I am actually surrounded by bunnies and ducks and deer and, and cats. And it's very much like I live in a kid's cartoon. Like everything in my environment is really quite pleasant and quiet and serene. And that wasn't through any effort to get to this. This was just me going through the necessary steps to keep myself alive, to take care of my family, to, to learn the next lesson, just you know, one step at a time. Because as I've said many times, the direction of our path is more appropriately set with the quality of each step that we focus on. When we focus on the direction of the path itself, the quality of each step actually suffers and the direction of the path diminishes in quality, if there's any better way to put that. Basically, the less you focus on where you are, the more you're, end up, you're going to end up going somewhere you probably don't want to be. Yeah, the importance of, of each step along the way. Set goals all you want, but utilize those as more so directions than end-all, be-all requirements for your sense of whole and completeness that you're always embodying here and now. But yeah, I wanted to, I know we discussed this, we wanted to touch on um, the idea of, of belief, I guess, and situation we had uh, this past week that uh, I wanted to touch on. So essentially in our Discord server, we had a conversation, a discussion, and it was very, I loved it. I fucking had a great time. And I know Ray in the past, throughout his past 20 years, has had many discussions with people and, and questioned many people's beliefs and recognized in his own life many paths that led to many different consequences. And so as anyone who has gotten to, what is this, 26th episode, we have over 30 with roundtables and everything, we fucking question everything, everything, literally everything. So our Discord, which is called the Dualist Unity Discord server, something like that, it has literally has Dualist Unity in it, of course, is going to question everything as well. It's not Ray's Discord server. It's not Andrew's Discord server. It's the Dualist Unity Discord server. So it's going to be a more or less product of or embodiment of the podcast in a way. So just to explain to those who may not be in the Discord server, if you listen to the podcast, definitely get into it. Um, we uh, Someone posted a video that had to do with, I think it's EFT tapping, and it was a TikTok, and it basically started out like, oh, get ready, you know, April 12th is this amazing day for doing all these things to, maybe it was manifesting, I don't know, something along the, yeah, manifesting, and, you know, all you got to do is practice this tapping method with me and it's going to help you become your best self or, or something like this. And it was just riddled. Like when I first thought, I thought it was a spoof. I thought someone was like pranking us saying like, look at this great video and being like, uh, is this satire or is this like 
it i thought it was satire at first that's how because we're questioning everything all the time and just some to start something out is like april 12th it's like first of all april 12th is completely made up any day is completely made up any like magical manifestation day it's like it's just right now everything else we, we have labeled different things in different ways they're completely made up there isn't anything magical about you know august 8th that's just a span of 24 hours one you know, rotation that we do that we have labeled as April or August 8th, like there's nothing special about it. So we talk about that all the time. Like it's just right now. And so basically the first comment, I think Ray, I'll let you, cause you handled the first part of the discussion and then I didn't see it until the next day. And then I got into it and had my own little back and forth with it, but I'll pass it over to Ray just to explain that initial process and his perspective on it. There was so much that happened in this conversation and, and it was, it was so educational. Like there was so much going back and forth, not just with the person that of course posted the video, but also with all the other members of our discord as they tried weighing in on this, because I come across in a way where I'm just stating what is like, I'm at a point in my life where I'm not in this to make friends. I'm not, I'm not here to be liked by any means whatsoever. And so I just tend to call things as they are. And it's not that I'm putting them down so much as genuinely just not wanting people to hurt themselves by uh, investing in another illusion that takes them farther from the place that they're trying to get, which is the point of this podcast or the point of this conversation. And so when the video was posted, I had the first, the first reaction that Andrew had was, what? Where'd this come from? And of course, not everybody who comes to our Discord server has listened to the podcast. Um, so I just thought I would address it. And it wasn't so much that the video was about EFT or tapping, because had it been just about tapping, that would have been a different conversation, because then we can actually talk about, you know, the foundation of tapping, what the positives are, if there is anything in that that does have an ounce of truth, or if it is all snake oil, like we could have talked about the, moda the modality itself. But the video wasn't just about tapping, it was about, again, this, this special astrological date, and just follow along and don't ask questions. That was the other part of the video was that the creator said was, you know, just follow along with this tapping and don't worry if you understand. And immediately my red flags go up because you're asking me to follow along and go through something and just believe. And it's like, okay, I've been down this path numerous times. And so I just mentioned, I cannot stress enough how dangerous this can be in terms of being another belief that will get you stuck thinking that you need to jump through a hoop that you don't to find a level of completion that you've always had. And that went over like a lead balloon as it often does. And it was because I was looked at as being arrogant and self-righteous and how I was uh, telling them that, you know, there is a certain path that's right and a certain path that's wrong. And that is not what non-duality is all about. And of course that led to a fantastic conversation about the fact that this has nothing to do with non-duality. Non-duality is, is a label for this conversation. And unfortunately it ends up being labeled as a philosophy or belief, which is not what this is about. This entire conversation is just about identifying fictional conceptual illusions versus the experience of what is. And that requires self-honesty and requires us to recognize when we are going through the motions of something simply because of how it's going to make us feel rather than because it's actually necessary. 
that's what this conversation is. And that led to a bunch of other conversations about, you know, well, even trying to help people in the world is inherently dualistic. It's egotistical because you are still trying to do what you think is best for them. And that's true. And, and I wanted to mention that we're not trying to help anybody. That's the beautiful part about this podcast, because to me, there is nobody. We're all one. So this is just the movement of the whole. I am just participating. And as things come into my reality, I process them and express the processing of them. And that's, I do that verbally or physically or, or otherwise, but that's what's happening. And so when that video came into my reality, I processed it. I expressed it. I discussed it for what it was, right? And it wasn't because I was trying to help so much as just this, oh, look at that, an illusion. Let's rip it apart because that's what my life has ended up becoming is that you know illusions come into my life and I immediately start processing them now if that's just because I want to or because I like to or because my life has has adapted to a point where that's just what I do now that's a whole other discussion but I'm not trying to help anybody it's like I was saying about this podcast Andrew and I didn't make this podcast to be helpful we made this podcast because it's the next inevitable expression of our own growth which is the next inevitable expression of your growth. Even you being here and listening is participating in this growth. It's all one ripple. There is no division whatsoever. And so when this person came into our Discord with this video, I addressed it as such. Here's an illusion. Let's talk about it. And of course, the problem is when your identity is invested in the illusion, you can't listen to an insight that threatens the illusion because it threatens your identity. And that's where the conversation went. Yeah, yeah, it certainly went. <laughs> but it was, I, yeah, it, it was a lot to read through and a lot, just so many things going on with it, like within the, the broader conversation, like different perspectives being weighed in on different things. And there was just on, on a side of it, so much identity coming with it and not only identity of themselves, or maybe it's the same thing, like being identified with yourself and, and being threatened by the insights being expressed. And then so painting an identity for everyone else that you're having the conversation with and needing out of necessity to label other people as for example, a self-righteous guru, <laughs> which Ray couldn't be more clear about the fact that he isn't and hates being called a teacher and a guru because that is not what he is. He is you, just another incarnation that is not divided whatsoever. But so then, yeah, I read through all of that. And for those who are listening, I highly recommend you go through that conversation because it was extremely informative, I think, for everyone. Initially, I was like, ah, oh, shit, <laughs> almost everyone. But initially, I was like, ah, oh, shit, this person's like going, you know, very identity focused and blah, blah, blah. And like this, this is like kind of a weird look in the server. But then I was like, this is perfect. This is awesome. This is people need to see this in action because this is what we talk about. And it was clear because, you know, that person eventually left the server was like how it ended was they, they left, which I know Ray has talked about many times that people, people run to the Hills once they 
go through this conversation for long, for long enough and just recognize whether they admit it or not, that they've been clinging to a belief and identity and narrative. And eventually they can't continue discussing it because it's so clear. And it's so clear that they out of necessity are vilifying everyone who is disagreeing with them that they just have to have to go away. But yeah, so so definitely go back in, check it out. Um, so when I came in, I the first thing I did was compare. I made a comparison because um, I'm I'm big into like fitness and health and stuff and like workouts and whatnot. So I, I follow a decent amount of like fitness people and and like logical fitness people, not fitness people who are spewing bullshit like quick fixes. It's like the logical approach to how our biology works as human beings. And so I compared it to someone being in a discord server like that, that is logical health and fitness advice and someone posting a fat loss, quick fix diarrhea tea that helps you lose 10 pounds in two weeks because you just shit your brains out, piss out your ass for like 10 days straight and you lose a bunch of weight. And it's like, sure, you can lose a bunch of weight doing that, but there's gonna be consequences. There's certainly gonna be consequences. So if someone posted something like that in a fitness discord, they're going to, of course, they're going to get a hundred people being like, bro, what is this? Like, do you not recognize the consequences of this? Like, sure. Maybe it works for you. Maybe it worked for your friend, but there's obviously consequences. Maybe they're more obvious in a diarrhea tea, but that's why we pointed out why Ray pointed out the consequences because he has been down so many fucking paths and seen so many consequences that he discusses all the time. And so all he's doing is recognizing the consequence and calling out the consequence. There's nothing. It's not like it's so much deeper than that, that he's like coming at this person for posting it. There's not an identity. It's just a message being recognized. So yeah, I compared it to a diarrhea tea and then just clarified that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with belief. There's nothing wrong with religion. There's nothing wrong with holding on to affirmations and, and manifestations. There's nothing wrong with any of that, but with everything we do in life, whether we label it as good or bad, there's always consequences to everything. So if someone comes in and posts something that someone has seen consequences from, we're going to call it out. And I hope that anyone listening who's in discord feels comfortable enough when they see something that they have experienced consequences with going down a certain path that they call it out. That's all. And that's all that really happened. But definitely check out that conversation. If uh, I'm sure you're now pretty interested now that we've talked about it for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but it was, it was cool. Suddenly we're going to have like 50 more people on our discord. So for sure. Yeah. Um, it's so important to recognize that conversations like this are necessary. They're unpleasant. They're not always pleasant to, to have, but it's how we grow. If we always avoid confrontation, if we always avoid arguments, then we never have a meeting of opposing viewpoints. We can never find that middle ground. We can never adapt. We can never find new insights and new opportunities. And so disagreeing is a part of us growing, but it's made so much worse by our investment in the idea of being right or wrong. And one of the things I enjoy about those conversations, and you'll notice we've, we've commented on this before, is that I'll just keep going as long as they're willing to talk. I will just keep talking. And it's because I'm not going anywhere. I'm perfectly willing to go through all of these insights. I'm perfectly willing to explain my point. I'm perfectly willing to go through this as long as they are, if they actually want to 
to find an insight if they actually want to grow. But that's often what happens is that they don't. They just wanted to promote whatever it is that they were attached to. And as soon as you question it, they run because the alternative is having to question it. And there are more than a few people in our Discord and in our audience. Um, and I know uh, one person in particular on our Discord who's quite active, who I originally met by disagreeing with. The conversation originally was unpleasant, right? It was, it was tense and it was tense because we were coming from two different perspectives and we continued to talk it through. Right? They even said on Discord, I used to find Ray arrogant, right? Until I started recognizing where he was coming from. And, and that's, that's the whole thing. And so, yeah, I'm willing to sit down and go through it. I'm willing to sit down and talk about this because I have nothing you can threaten. I'm not trying to be right, so I'm not worried about being wrong, right? So we can talk as long as you'd like to, for sure. But that is why I'm, I'm often so excited about this podcast. Everything that this podcast is about the growth of the audience of this podcast. And, and somebody mentioned this on Discord and I wanted to bring it up because it was a really nice thing to say. Um, and we really do appreciate these comments, even if we don't necessarily always respond to them because of course we don't want to be like, yeah, me. Um, but somebody was saying how they appreciate the fact that we are out here week to week having this conversation publicly, going as deep as we do without any concern for the public's response to this conversation. Uh, because it's a difficult conversation to feel comfortable having. It's a difficult conversation to feel that you can just bring up with your friends. And, and as we start talking about different ways to have this conversation, you don't necessarily have to go straight to the we are all God point, but you can talk about little, little variations of that insight along the way. People are feeling more comfortable breaching this with their friends and, and their relatives. I mean, uh, Tyson, who was on the last round table, Tyson is talking to his friends. He's 19 years old just sharing an insight here and there that he's having without necessarily needing to convert anybody to being a believer, without anybody needing to follow him or identify him as a particular type of person. And that's causing ripples. And I love everything about that, but it really just comes back down to the fact that we have to be willing to, to work through this stuff ourselves. We have to be willing to question. We have to be willing to look at all of this stuff. And that's that's why I get so excited about dualistic unity and the growth of the discord. And that's why I will always have this conversation. I've been having this conversation for 20 years, whether people liked it or not. The fact that people are joining me now and liking it is just a bonus. I'm just glad you're all here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just cool to see the recognitions and and the conversations and yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And it, it's interesting that people sometimes see it as like, this, this thing that they're afraid of having and discussing, because it's not like I haven't had difficult conversations and people around me haven't been <sighs> resistant to what I talk about. But I've never seen it as something that's that frightening. I guess I have experienced it a little bit when I, when I recognize that, you know, the world around me is seeing things much differently and is so invested in the illusion of, of duality that they kind of need it for that life support in a way and, and to continue existing in the way that they do. So this directly questions it, but I just, 
I just enjoy having it. Like it really comes down to like a selfish ideal of just, I like having this conversation. And like Ray was talking about before, like we did not create this to help anyone. Like it's just, we enjoy having the conversation. So we're having the conversation. And so this brings me to uh, kind of a question, but just a recognition that I've had that, especially in the spiritual community, there's this idea that everything is love and like everything is loving kindness. And this is actually brought up in the discord server uh, a few days ago when we were having this discussion that we've already talked about. And I've, I've always found that kind of fascinating and interesting, especially in this discussion that it's like, those are still just dualistic labels and words and it's like they part of that discussion was like they were kind of saying that ray wasn't being loving and you know they're basically preaching if you want to grow a a community based on this stuff like you need it needs to be based in like gratitude and loving kindness and all this stuff and it's like where is this, where the fuck is this coming from? Honestly, I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like this, this, that's not the case at all. Like that is not the, the root of this sermon. And he said something about like, if you're trying to help people and it's like, we've already clarified, we're not trying to help people. So it's like that. I, I wish it had been like a, a more immediate conversation. Cause we could have just said like, we're not trying to help people. And they would have been like, all that entire argument would have fallen apart immediately. And it's just fascinating how everyone clings to the idea that spirituality is like always loving and always kind. And it's just like, it just comes back. Like this whole thing just comes back to the recognition that I'm always talking to myself. The loving kindness isn't required except for that. You sort of, it's like a natural byproduct of the recognition, but again, is simply a perception. That's all that it is. It's an individual perception. It is not an objective truth. There is no objective kindness in the world, no objective love. It is just individual perspectives of situations that are happening. So I just find that fascinating. And I want to hear Ray's take on that because I know he's been going through this for 20 years and has probably seen a lot of that shit out there and just want to know what his thoughts are. Well, it's so interesting, right? Because we have the genuine experience and then we have mimicry at the end of the day, right? So we have the genuine experience of empathy and we see the action of empathy as being kind. And then when we're not being empathetic or in that mindset, we are being kind, which is mimicking the action of the genuine experience of empathy. So we're not actually being kind. We're not actually being loving. We're pretending. We're playing along as if we are. We're, we're mimicking what we know we've done when we did feel love. And so it's very easy to get caught up in that. And I know in spirituality, especially because as I've said many times, spirituality is a practice of egotism. It reinforces the illusion of a believer and something to be believed in. And because of that, there are a lot of ideas that people get about spirituality and about God and about source and about the reality and all of this other stuff, because it's all conceptual. It's all mimicry again. 
right? And so we start hearing things that, you know, spirituality is all about love. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about that. Because again, kindness isn't kindness, it's empathy and action. Kindness that isn't derived from empathy and action isn't really kindness. You know, that's being inauthentic, that's being disingenuous, right? That's manipulation at the end of the day. And, and so when we're talking about love, we're talking about, well, somebody asked me once, well, define love. And I said, love is the acceptance of what is without any preconditions or preferences. And so at the end of the day, love is what is. Love is being, love is unity. Love is the experience of being. Love is what, everything we're talking about, the reality of it, not, not the word, not the concept of it. And that's where things start to get kind of uh, awry because we start thinking, oh, love is acting this way. And we lose the mentality that is love. We lose the action that would naturally, organically be created from that mentality because we are trying to mimic a concept of love. And so with that goes the, uh, the preference to avoid things that don't feel very pleasant because that's obviously not love. Love has got to be pleasant, right? But your parents love you. The relationship with you isn't always pleasant. You know, your spouse loves you. Your relationship with them isn't always pleasant. You love you and your relationship with yourself isn't always pleasant. And so love is not always pleasant. The experience of love is the experience of unity, the experience of being, the experience of vulnerability, willingness to be vulnerable, especially. And all of these things describe the same state of mind. And in that state of mind, we express the reality of love. This is why I avoid the word love in a lot of ways, because there are so many ideas about it. And that's not helped at all by, you know, the corporate business that exists out there or, or Disney movies or romanticism or any of that stuff, because then that, that's an idea of infatuation. That's an idea of attachment. That's an idea of, of control. And there's a totally different thing when we're talking about love in terms of, of those concepts. But the reality of love is being with one another. It's the recognition of unity again. And in that love, you are willing to be the bad guy if it means the other person will grow from it. And that's love. Love is not always being pleasant because sometimes being the most pleasant is the most damaging for the other person, right? Lying to them so they'll like you doesn't help them, especially if you're lying to them and validating an illusion that's hurting them. And so to truly love people is to be yourself regardless of how they might perceive that, to be as genuine as possible, to look at the things as they come into your life moment to moment and to express your processing of those things as honestly as you can, because at least then you're being the clearest possible canvas that they can take from and learn from. You're not distorting it with your own need. That's love. Love is getting out of the way. We've said this before, you know, if you love something, set it free. Right? Well, that, that is love. It's the complete lack of attachment to any of this. It's the being of this. I don't know if that answers your question, but that was kind of uh, in line with, with why they were upset. They were upset because they have an idea that validates their idea of themselves. And so they have this idea of love and it matches their preferences. It's very much why uh, Christians judge people for, for sinning, right? It's like, you know, I'm judging myself. Therefore, I'm judging you. Yeah, it's fascinating how much that has overlap with the idea, kind of like you said, the idea of, of being yourself and that being when you're not trying to be anything at all. And 
when love becomes a concept, it's something you have to remember and you start to remember or try to remember things that people do when they are being loving and you have like this checklist and it's similar to morality and rules and things you have to follow instead of just embody when you're not trying to be anything at all, when you're not clinging to an idea or a concept of yourself or the idea of love. And so when you're not clinging to that, it is just being embodied and there isn't anything to remember. And so it's like, it comes back to also like, it's almost a resistance to the experience that you're having. If, if you're trying to figure out how to act lovingly, but not actually feeling it or feel like this person needs to hear this, but you have this idea of love that is never, there is no conflict. There is no argument. There is no discussion. And sometimes those are a requirement when two perspectives don't align and, and someone has had certain experiences with certain things. And someone thinks it's like an, a great, amazing thing. And someone just comes in and says, Hey, I've actually been down that path. I saw a bunch of consequences. Here's some things to look out for. Like that's love. And yet, if the person is invested in the idea to bring about their sense of identity and sense of self, they're going to be like, fuck you, man. Like, no, you don't get it. Like, you're coming at me because I'm just trying to be helpful for all these people because, you know, someone might be struggling with this and they need a crutch because they have to have crutches because they can't fully walk yet. And like, this could be a good crutch. And you're like, whoa, I'm just I'm just saying I've been down this path and saw a lot of consequences like you brought in the identity side of it. You labeled me in this way because you label yourself in a certain way. So I see love and the parallel to just being yourself, being what you're being when you're not trying to be anything at all. It's like, that's embodying, that's being yourself. That's embodying love. It's almost basically the same thing, I guess, when you put it in that way. And so it, it just comes back to clinging to an idea versus letting go of all of those beliefs and ideas and just being what you are when you're not trying to be anything at all. Right. Exactly. Because I was speaking to that person as myself and I was willing to continue talking to that person as myself. And, and what you'll notice from that conversation is that they kept defaulting to, well, if you had just put it this way, if you had just said it this way, it would have landed better. And it's like, but I don't have a copy of your script. And while you're telling me that I'm not loving, I am being authentic. And all you're doing is vilifying me rather than expressing the love that you're saying we should be embodying and, and being honest about the vulnerability that you're feeling. So we can talk about it, right? So you're not acting loving. You're telling me I'm not acting loving, but you're doing so because you don't wanna open yourself up to the love that I'm actually embodying. And that love is being expressed by my willingness to be perceived as the bad guy, to even enter into that conversation because I don't have to, we don't have to, we can let people just go through their suffering. We don't have to get involved. There is no right path, right? And so if you're going to speak up and you're gonna do so because you want to, not because it's helping, but because it feels like the right thing to do based on who you are and who you've become and what you are in that moment, do that, do that. And that is love, but you're not always gonna be appreciated from it, uh, for it. And, and it's important to remember that it's not that you're not being loving just because somebody can't recognize that you love them. 
Yeah, that that part about the preference I found very fascinating. And it's like I have to remind people of this so much on TikTok too. Like, believe it or not, your opinion about the way things are isn't factual truth. Like your opinion or preference about the way you think something should be or you think the way things are, it's just one individual perception of how you're seeing things to be, but it's never the truth. So that comes back to any, any ideas of judgment, like good or bad, for example, and people think like, oh, that's good. And that's bad. It's like, that's just your opinion. Just because people share that opinion of, with you doesn't mean it's objective truth. And so they're like, things just are as they are. And there isn't, but we think that we know. And like, we always think that we, we almost have prioritized the value of our own perception and judgment so much that we think it is the truth because that's how everyone lives their lives. But there's two sides to that also. That's very important to call out because as you judge everything else and believe everything else that you judge to be the truth, every judgment that you have to be the truth, it's the same about your judgment of yourself and who you think you to be. Like as you take your judgments of the quote unquote outside world to be the truth, you're going to more easily and more frequently take your judgments of yourself to be the truth. So as you question all those judgments, whether you start by questioning your judgments outside of yourself or within yourself, as you start to question those, you'll start to question the other judgments as well. They go hand in hand. There is no separation between those either. So it's so important to just question all of those things, because as you question those, you'll question the beliefs you have about yourself and, and find that those aren't the truth either. And then you're like, well, shit, you know, what am I? And you may go through a bit of an existential crisis of, of who you thought you were and, and peeling that back. But for most people, that's the root of their suffering. And the more they question that, the more they recognize that they're none of those things, the, the closer they get to recognizing what they actually are here and now with no identity whatsoever. And through that, you know, everyone else is you. And then finally, after questioning enough, or just questioning a few times, however deep you go, however quickly you go deep enough, you'll see that you begin to experience and embody empathy and embody love. And, and when you see yourself and everyone else and recognize that you would act exactly as they would in every single moment, that is empathy. That is love. That is where it comes from, is the recognition that you are them. And you would act exactly as they do in every single situation. That's what love and empathy and being yourself truly is. Absolutely. And I want to add a caveat there because that was something that somebody had pointed out as this discussion was happening on Discord. And let's remember that we're talking to ourselves, right? Let's, let's remember like, you know, love, <laughs> we're all one, that kind of thing. And you would be the, this person who was sharing this video if you were in their body. It's like, you're right. I absolutely would. And thank God, there's another version of me out there to call me on it, right? Thank God we're here for one another because while it's important to accept everybody for who they are, it's also important to accept you for who you are and that you are going to bump up against opposing viewpoints. You're going to grade people the wrong way and that is okay because that is part of the growth of the whole, right? So you can recognize that you would be that person and still challenge them. You can still disagree with them, but it will change the tone with which you do so because you're empathizing with them. 
right? You're recognizing where they come from and you're still engaging as opposed to just, uh, I, I guess, opposing where they come from and then self-validating, right? which is often what happens. I, I'm right, you're wrong, as opposed to there is no right. Can we just, let's just work on coming to a point where we get along and we can see one another and we'll work from there. And that's really the difference. The difference is that instead of one side trying to win, we're trying to let go of the idea that there are sides at all. So we can come together and find that middle ground and again, grow and adapt and, and discover new opportunities and new insights and entirely new version of this present moment, which is what we're doing. We're always adapting. And when you consider how many people are out there, how many variations of the, of, of the present there are, how many variations of the perception of the present there are, and how many people are interacting with one another, the rate of growth that we're, we're potentially capable of is insane. Like the fact is a humanity, if, if we really just got our shit together and started taking our lives seriously as being our lives, we could quickly evolve to an entirely different mentality and change the entire face of how we live on this planet. Because the ripples are that, there are that many ripples. It's happening that fast. That, that is the rate of change. Seven billion people rippling off of each other. That's a lot of potential but it requires us to actually be in the moment so we can take advantage of that potential. Yeah, that actually brings up a question that I was thinking about and the idea that of like acting selfishly, like in our own best interest at all times. And if that is, you think like the reality of our experience and going to something like, you know, helping or giving a homeless person money on the street. That is see in the eyes of the world that is seen as a selfless act. But as you're walking past that homeless person, you have a uncomfortable feeling inside of you and you want that feeling to go away when you see the homeless person who is struggling and doesn't have food. And so you give them a meal or something like that, for example, to make yourself feel better about the thing that you're going through within yourself. And it just happens to be related to that person that you gave food to. So, and even outside of that, like seeing consequences for actions, just being able to recognize consequences. And like, if you're in an argument with someone and like, it starts getting very heated, you start to see consequences within yourself that you're not really enjoying the experience you're having. So that's why you stop. And then you feel kind of bad within yourself. So that's why you apologize, but it all comes back to acting selfishly, like across the board with everything. Do you think that is the root of our experience is pretty much solely acting selfishly when it's defined in those sorts of ways when it's defined in terms of self-identity and in terms of self-image yeah that that's the root of our division because our experience is divisive like everything about our experience is dualistic and so division is just part of what we do right like light dark you me hot cold all of that fun stuff but then we get in there and we start adding psychological division we actually start adding like preference and you and me and different ideas of everything and and that just exacerbates everything. It takes the duality that is existence and it just blows it up because it's entirely self-created, right? So we're not even existing in the, in the reality of duality anymore. We're existing within 
our own illusion of duality, which is totally outside of the balance that actually exists in reality. That's the reason that the duality in our, our, our psychology, the duality in our mind can get so out of whack is because the world self-balances, right? Whereas we, we can go straight off the deep end if we overcommit to that illusion. And so, yeah, that is the majority of our suffering in relationships and government and religion and spirituality and everything and everything. It's all exacerbated by this illusion that the idea of ourself is the reality. Because if you think about it, there's no reason to be insecure except your idea of yourself. You don't fear failures that you don't identify with. That is the simple fact. If you're not afraid of failure, you will try and try and try and try. And it won't even matter if you succeed because the trying itself is the growth, right? But as soon as you start thinking that failing, not achieving that endpoint, not achieving that, that thing that will solve your lack defines you, then you're afraid to, to, to try anything because then every time you fail, you are diminished. And that's not the case. But if we're always in danger of being diminished, then we're always responding out of fear. We're always reacting out of self-defense. No wonder we're at war all the time. No wonder we're constantly in conflict. We have to be because again, of our perception and our inability to love what we see. Yeah, that whole idea of just identifying with what you are not. And I mentioned that quote, last on the last episode when you stop identifying with things you are not your mind naturally begins to quiet down something like that and it's just fascinating because we're seeing failures all around us like events of quote-unquote failing all around us we're seeing death all around us we're seeing decay we're seeing birth we're seeing all of these things and none of us impacts us to any degree unless it has to do with our idea of ourselves like that's nuts. Like the fear of death is not the fear of death. It's not the fear of the idea of death. It's the fear of the idea of death or it's, it's the fear of the death of what you think you are essentially. And it's just so fascinating how, when you begin to question, like we talk about nonstop question, what you think you are recognize you are none of the things that you think you are. All of a sudden there isn't things to be afraid of. And as, as we were talking about earlier in the episode, when you stop identifying with things you are not and recognize that you are not this idea of the self, there's not much to, to have intrusive thoughts about. There aren't really things to worry or fear or be afraid of when you don't have this idea of yourself that you think to be the truth, because things just are, you're just experiencing reality here and now. So everything. And so you begin to, you have thoughts about your surroundings. Like when I'm on a walk now, like all thoughts about existence and like, you know, a dog walking past me and how it seems very playful or, or birds flying by or trees billowing in the wind or the waves in the, in the bay, but, or the buildings around me or anything, but it's, it's not, it's not tied to the sense of self. And it's fascinating how much of our lives we can spend caught up in our minds and experience reality, but experience it within our minds and constantly have an idea of ourselves. So another question I have is when it comes to mental health 
disorders that go to like extremes, like schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder, anything related to that, where it's like beyond just, you know, the stuff, for example, that I talk about in videos when it comes to anxiety, that type of stuff, but it's like extreme, extreme degree. Do you think it's on the same spectrum of the idea of self, but it's just gone so far that it's like so concrete that you almost can't even see that there might be like a lifeline or a way out. And it's like a constant illusion as opposed to most people that experience fear of what people think of them. It's like a more subtle illusion that they experience here and there. And it comes up in certain situations, but when it gets to like what we've labeled as disorders, or even if if there are disorders, like where does that line get drawn? You know, is there an explicit time? Cause it seems like there, there is an explicit sort of line, at least in my eyes. And I don't have a ton of familiarity or understanding of these things. Um, but where is that line and what do you think it's, you know, on the same spectrum as anyone experiences just to a greater degree? It's like we were saying in uh, episode one, that a habit, continued long enough starts to appear like intelligence, right? And so in terms of mental health, and again, I'm not, I'm not talking about all mental health because there are um, situations where it's caused by uh, biology, it's caused by head trauma. Like there are factors that are affecting the processing of consciousness within that body. So that's, that's an entirely different conversation. But when we're talking about uh, multiple personality, when we're talking about bipolar, when we're talking about disorders, uh, typically a disorder is a pattern that is so ingrained, so reflexive, that the person isn't even aware that they're doing it most of the time. And for me, for example, um, I used to suffer from OCD in a big way. And I still do. If I'm in a certain mentality, where that OCD flares up and makes sense. And that mentality is always stress. Always when I feel doubt and, and a lack of control and all of a sudden I'm just, I'm, I'm repeatedly going back to, to the stove to make sure it's off, right? I'm repeat, repeatedly going back to the, to the door to make sure it's locked. I haven't done that in years, but I know very well of where, uh, very well where it comes from. And, and it's because that was a habit that I learned over time to cope with uncertainty, to cope with my fear and my doubt, and my my um, my idea of myself, because you know OCD is very much uh, they call it a, a doubter's disorder. Right? It's a lack of faith in yourself to a very large degree, right? And, and so, um, yeah, that's what mental health often is, and disorders are are habits that are carried on for so very long that they they almost feel like they're out of control for that person. Now, in those cases, there are lots of, of studies that are being done. I, I particularly like the studies that are being done in terms of psychedelics and therapies for disorders, because as we know, psychedelics reset your default mode. And that's the habit. That's where the habit sits, right? And so as soon as we reset the, def the default mode, and this is true for addicts, especially, suddenly we're in a state of mind where it's like, why am I going through that loop? And it's because we're outside the loop, so we can actually look at it. Right. And that's that's the benefit. And so I often think that psychedelics are going to be a huge step in terms of mental health. And this is why I was enjoying um, one of the guests that we had. You know, I think it was roundtable number two, uh, where she was working with psychedelic therapies. Um, and, and it's because that's very much the problem is that we end up. How do I put this? We 
disregard how vast our mind is. We don't think of it in terms of like being a geographic, uh, geographic universe of its own, but, but our mind very much is. You can start at a certain perception in your mind and get so carried, carried away in that perception event after event after event that you become totally convinced that that's the only perception that exists. And it's like walking down a path deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into a mind, right? Like that's very much what it is. All of a sudden that you're just surrounded by mind, right? And it's because you've wandered down that path and forgotten about the rest of the landscape. And, and that's what can happen in our consciousness. That's what can happen in our mind. And that's again, like why I would suffer from OCD or why I used to suffer from depression is that I would walk down that path that was so familiar that it would seem real. And it wasn't until I, I went, I've been on other paths. How did I get on this path? And I start thinking about it rather than just investing in the reaction to the path itself, which is so difficult to do uh, until you start to recognize that the reaction to the path is what's keeping you on the path, right? That's it. It's like, oh, it's real. Ah! And then you're stuck. And that's it. It's not until you recognize, oh, I can take off the VR helmet and I'm, I'm totally out of that reality right? Just by questioning it. And I want to return to questioning actually really quickly because somebody asked me, actually, this has been asked a few times because we often talk about questioning as being a very important step on this path. And it is, it is an important step on the path, but it is only a step on the path. And what I mean by that is not that you should ever stop questioning, but that there will become a point or there will be a point when you will no longer assume. And so you're just naturally not questioning. You're just not assuming. And so everything is inquiry. Everything is curiosity. Everything is enthusiasm, right? But until that point, question everything. Because the habit is that we attach to things, which is why we question to remove that attachment. That's the, that's the whole point. So questioning is not the path, but it definitely does help us find the path. That's really interesting because I've found myself more more and more recently all the time not assuming immediately but i had never thought of it in that way that like oh i i don't need to question that because i'm not going down an assumption about it so like there isn't questioning it could almost be labeled as like immediate questioning but it's like there's just nothing to there's always something to question but it, it's like you don't have to question a belief if you don't believe in it in the first place because you're so quick to recognize it for what it is uh and going back to you talking about like going down a path as an individual and getting so deep down a path that you forget that you're on a path even or or don't recognize that you could turn around and go the other way do you think there's i guess it's always you know as above so below so do you think as a, as a race, as a human race, we have been collectively walking down a path for a long time and some people have been recognizing that there is a path, kind of like Plato's Cave in a way that there's so many people lost in, whether it's seeing shadows on a wall or just being on a path and not recognizing that it's a path, like Plato's cave, not recognizing that those are just shadows and they're not reality. So on the path, it's like not recognizing that this is a path 
that we have gotten so deep down that we believe to be the truth, but it's just a path in existence. It's not actually the way things have to be or the way things are required to be. And so it's like, we're all kind of walking down this path, but some recognize that it's a path, some don't, some have turned around a little bit, some have gone super deep down the path, but it's like a collective sort of path that we're walking down. That's what came to mind as you were talking about the the path. And it's it's always the case that any individual mentality we can get lost in, we can get lost in collectively because we are the collective, each of us individually. So as we get lost in things, the collective gets lost in things, but there is, you know, a sense of momentum as well as enough people when there's a shitload of people being like, Hey, we're on a path. This is a path. It doesn't have to be the only path, but we can also turn around and go this way. And when there's two people or three people or 10 people doing it, everyone's like, Oh, fuck off. Like you're full of shit. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. But then when it's, you know, 10,000, a hundred thousand, a million people, it's like, Oh, that's a lot of people to be saying that same thing. Like maybe there is some truth to it. And I think of it also like, like religion, for example, because that's a, a big reason why so many people validate it is because, Oh, well, so many believe people believe in it. Like that's fucking arrogant of you to be like, this is bullshit. It's like, well, have you ever looked into it? Like, have you ever questioned it? Or have you just continued going down this path with blinders on, not recognizing that you're even on a path that is rooted in control and manipulation? So I I just recognize a little bit, like, it's interesting to think, is there a collective path that we're going down? I think there is, but yeah, curious your thoughts too, right? There's so much there. I'm going to compartmentalize all of that just because, you know, Wow. Um, in general, so I would say yes, that, that we have been on a path. Now we'll talk about whether or not that path is necessary in a second, but um, I think it goes back to even what Jesus was saying, that there is the wide path traveled by many and the narrow path traveled by few. And the wide path is identity, ego, the perception of separation. The narrow path is the recognition that that's not real, that that's not actually the case. And, and very few people walk down that narrow path because as we've talked about, it's uncomfortable, right? We don't like it. We're having a party. Stop shitting on the party, right? Um, but as to whether it's necessary, because again, we're all one and this is all a process unfolding. It's just as we were talking about in the last episode or the episode before about how even our human form is an expression of duality expanding right well our society as a human form is also an expression of our duality expanding us going through a period of of confusion us going through an experience that we don't understand to find clarity and so while the the narrow path is there and more and more people are traveling it it's it's kind of akin to when uh when you're at a party and everybody's having a great time at the party but you know you have to wrap up at a certain point and nobody wants to talk about that more and more as the night wears on more and more voices are like it's getting late it's getting late shut up (laughs) it's not getting late and more and more people are like but it is it's it's getting late right when that's the narrow path that's what's happening is that you know we keep going down this confusing road that is bringing us again and again and again and again against this brick wall which is the insight that we're not what we think 
And we keep hammering ourselves against that brick wall. Wars and murder and, and judgment and personal relationship shit and all of that stuff. Because the narrow path is, is bound to become the path after we get through this confusion, right? Because it's getting late and we can only avoid it for so long. So as to whether it's necessary or not, I don't know. It's part of what is. It, it's, it's the journey. It's the process as always, cycles within cycles. So I, I think that that's very, very interesting. But yeah, I, I do. I think that that's what's been happening is that we're, it's not even about paths so much as, you know, we were confused. Now we're starting to learn from that confusion, right? But there's so many of us or so many of me that it's very easy to, to get lost in the perception of the many. So many people don't get this yet. If there's one person that does, that's everybody getting it on some level. And then it spreads. Yeah, just just going back to the recognition that like there's no like duality is unity, that whole thing. Like there is no difference between there is no division between the paths. It's it's might as well be the same path perceived differently in a way and the idea that if one person gets it everyone gets it on some level is just fascinating and even you know if you think you get it and then you're still saying oh i need to convince all these other people of this do you really get it because they're all you there are no other people so if you're saying other people and you know well what about all those other people like i get it how do i convince them to get it it's like you don't know because you keep saying other people you keep thinking that there are actually other people there's the illusion of other people there is there is identity that we have gotten lost in that makes us think that there are other people but there aren't actually any other people you're just talking to yourself so that recognition is is stark and i can see why people would want to run away from that because there isn't any any responsibility to foist onto anything or anyone else when you recognize that it's all you and it's like oh man there's there's that goes so much back to what we were saying about mental health right because if you think about it collectively we have committed to this path that is making us unbalanced we have coll collectively committed to a disorder on a global level and so each of us our thoughts within that collective consciousness, slowly working our way through the confusion. And so just as an individual can get caught up in the path and forget that the path isn't reality. And as soon as they realize the path isn't reality, everything starts to change. The same is true for us collectively. But when we talk about this, how the solution is recognizing we're all one, immediately people who are not there or not looking at it that way go, what about war? What about murder? It's like, right, all of which, are the result of us collectively being on this path for so long, right? That's the point is that the problem has been exacerbated over time. It's grown over time. It's still the same problem, right? Which makes it even more important that we address it as such, but it's never going to be, oh yeah, we're all one. Everything's fixed now. It's going to be a process of each and every one of us tearing down our walls, recognizing there's nothing to defend. There's nothing to fight over. There's nothing to struggle over. We're all in this together. And slowly, our reality will adapt to that relationship, to that environment that we are 
making it because that's the environment that we are becoming. And then our global government changes, then our relationships change, then our society changes, right? But to say like, oh yeah, it's all well and good. It's not going to end war. It's like, we're not overnight. And if you're thinking about it that way, the real question is, do you want war to end? Because it really sounds like what you're doing is defending the current way you see the world. And we know where that goes. Yeah, damn, that reminds me of some conversations I've had with people about uh, just different things in society and them, you know, explaining how, like, why they happen. And, you know, even just with the U.S. government, just with, you know, inflation's going up. So interest rates are going to rise and that's going to, like, balance it out. And there's these different things that happen. I'm like, you not see the, the overarching theme here of us just thinking that we're not all the same thing. And they're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you, are you on mushrooms right now? Like, that's the response I get usually, but it's the same with war. And it's like, people are like, oh, there's, there's reasons for this. And, you know, there's this alliance and that alliance. And and this was questioned and that was questioned. It's like, I I get that. I'm not going to discount that stuff, but it comes back to the recognition or the illusion that we aren't all the same thing. Like, and there's so many things that are almost like in the way of that and a major one being religion, because that is such a identity driven, such a massive part of people's identity. And that just drives home division. That drives home the illusion of duality, that you are separate. You have a separate soul and you were made in the image of God and, and God loves you because you follow him and you have, you have chosen Jesus to be your Lord and savior and you, you, you separate, separate, separate from everyone else. And so there's so many things that are driving those illusions home, but very few people have been able to connect with about that, like the, the roots of these things. And everyone's trying to toss band-aids on it. And the root is identity and identify, identifying as something separate. And as Ray was just mentioning, like we've gone so deep into that illusion that these are the fruits of that illusion manifest after, you know, so long of us going down this path that we were talking about a little bit ago, the, the path has gone so deep and we're so enthralled in the path and, and engulfed in the path that, that we don't see that we're on a path and that we can recognize that we're on a path and the path that we're on and that we can turn around and it's not going to change things overnight, but neither is putting more band-aids on things. That's been happening for a while and look where we are. It's, it's only gotten worse over time and eventually it's going to all come crumbling down. And whether it's, you know, in 10 years or a hundred or a thousand, it's, it's an unsustainable mentality existing here and now so <laughs> yeah absolutely especially geopolitically like when you think i think it was uh chomsky noam chomsky who was talking about how humanity would change at a totally different rate if it wasn't for the constant defense of government and the constant defense of global um governing agencies like the un or nato or, or the world health organization and what i mean is that like you'll have conversations with people and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, because of this alliance and this history and so on and so forth, right? But humanity has said numerous times, we don't want war. Humanity ha has expressed numerous times, we want to get off fossil fuels. Humanity has expressed numerous times that democracy is broken, blah, blah, blah. But the United Nations keep all the countries 
where they are, right? All the countries work together to basically maintain the system that keeps them where they are, that keeps them in power, right? And, and that's the thing is that if it was up to us, if we didn't have these, these systems there, borders would disappear. Countries would disappear. Nationalities would disappear. But we are defending the system that divides us because we think in a divisive way, right? And so for, in order for us to address that, we have to go, right, but everything we're defending is just false certainty. And it's the false certainty that's creating our conflict. And we need to see that. But most people won't see that right now, at least, because they have so much invested in it. It's the same with the ego. It's exactly the same in, in terms of our commitment to the illusion. Like, the more committed you are to your perception of yourself giving you value, the less likely, likely you are to want to question that idea, right? And so our entire world is situated around this idea of humanity being the pinnacle of evolution. And then we look at our system and we go, yeah, that's the best that we could do. And we ignore all of the consequence. We ignore all the homelessness. We ignore all the starving. We ignore all the constant war. We ignore all of these very obvious consequences because, you know, that would threaten our, our perception of ourselves as being the pinnacle of evolution. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating too, just how people who benefit from the system aren't going to question the system. But those, and it, it's not even that they have the power to change things because the power really comes from the collective and just the ripple we are making here and now. So I think a lot of people get caught up in despair for that recognition that, oh, the people who are in power, who have the power to change it, aren't going to because they're actively benefiting, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, they don't make the changes. They don't make the call. I do. I do. As everyone. And as that wave is built, as that collective is built as me in every incarnation, as I change, as you change, as me, everything changes. And that is where the change happens. Like they, they can only keep their grips on the control that they, the, the slipping control and false sense of certainty for so long and false sense of control for so long, because they aren't in control in reality. I am. And as I change, everyone changes. Everyone has me. And when I'm saying I, I mean, you know, not, I'm not talking about Andrew, just so we're clear, <laughs> but I think most people would recognize that, but yeah, it comes back to, each of us and the ripple that we're making here and now. And it's getting late I'm telling you, because we can't avoid it forever. We can't, it's going to eventually end up either wiping us out, in which case we're going to start all this over again. Right. Or it's going to diminish our population to the point where, you know, we're basically starting over again anyway. And I, I think that might've already happened because again, humanity has been around for like a quarter million years or something ridiculous. We have 10,000 years of written history. That seems highly suspicious for sure, right? But what I enjoy is that I think it's really interesting because, so I grew up in poverty. I, I grew up in, in a broken family, all of that stuff. I should have every reason in the world to want to hoard money and security and, and, and just validate myself. Like I, there are so many reasons that I, I should want to 
feel that sense of lack. And yet my life has led me to this point where I don't feel any lack whatsoever. And we're having this conversation. And what I enjoy is the fact that as this continues to grow, and I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this with our listeners, it's something we talk about on Patreon from time to time, but as this grows and as we start to monetize it and as, as we get some, some advertisers on YouTube and, and, and as more people support us on Patreon and stuff like that, we just want to throw that money around. Like we want to actually just throw it around because I don't need it. Andrew doesn't need it. I mean, for the most part, we just need enough to survive. So we're just at this point where it's like, well, why not show that it can be done? Why not help the rest of me? in terms of just sharing the resources. This is not even help so much as distribution, right? And immediately I can hear the, the cries of communism, but the fact is, is that it's not even about capitalism or, or communism. It's not about currency. It's not about anything. It's about the fact that if we all lived in, in, in a village, we would share things to survive. And we've lost that. We've lost that mentality. We, we've gotten so caught up in our idea of ourselves that we don't see that everybody else is us. We don't see that feeding the village helps us survive as well, that we're all one and we all grow together, right? And so that is our, our ultimate ambition on this show. If it goes anywhere, if it gets to the point where we're actually pulling in money with this, expect to see giant billboards telling you that you are whole and complete in yourself, right? Expect to see ads on the bus saying, Everybody in here is you because that would be fun and that would be an interesting ripple to make. But we have no ambition in any way, shape or form to really benefit ourselves. We just want to keep going and we want to keep going because you're here and everybody is here and we all have this chance to, ex to expand this discussion. And it's not, again, a goal to expand this discussion. My life has been an expanding discussion I just talk all the time and you're here willing to listen to me and talk to me. And Andrew is just as crazy as I am. And so we're growing this discussion of enthusiasm and clarity because it's just, it's just where we've been led to. It's where we're going. It's getting late. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's, it's exciting. I love just talking about that. And like, I know inevitably it's going to happen. Like things are going to turn and, you know, the not even turn, just like the idea of, of monetization is going to start to happen. And it's just very exciting to think about all the fucking cool ass opportunities that we'll have. And just, you know, at once we're able to support ourselves in that way, so we can actually dedicate more and more time to this. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably start doing some of my own stuff with one-on-ones and, and just different shit soon too, just so I can get out of my nine to five, hopefully sooner than later. But with this too, it's like, it's just cool to see that. And I think too, even like people have all of these ideas about like democracy and communism and all of that. And I think communism in, in the ways we've seen it has been within the mentality of division. So like the only way we've seen communism go is through divisive mentality and through like this more for me. And so like, yeah, it's turned into some really fucked up shit, quite frankly. So it's it's not even, I don't even like using that word or any of the words because there's so like, it's same with using the word God or capitalism or anything. It's like, there are pieces of that, that, that 
work, you know, that of anything, but it's, it's with the correct mentality, not correct mentality, but the lack of divisive mentality that those things actually do work. And as more people recognize that there will be different pieces from everything, every type of thing that we label as a way that society has functioned that you can take and actually find value in, in a non-divisive mentality, in a unified mentality, but it has to be from a unified mentality. So yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. But you hit the nail on the head there is that it has to be in the mentality. We keep trying to supplement the system for responsibility. We keep trying to think that if it's just properly designed and we just get it right, we can just go back to being irresponsible and unaware, right? And it's like, that will never work. You will never have a just system that maintains equality for everybody. If we are not aware, well, we use that system because we're the ones that have the imbalance within us. We bring the imbalance into reality. We exacerbate that division by committing to the illusion that we're separate, right? So the system will never account for that. A religion will never account for that. There is no structure that will ever, ever, ever be able to change that simple fact that we are at the, we are the rudder, right? And unless we're at the helm with awareness and enthusiasm, preferably and some clarity, the boat's going to run ashore. The boat is going to end up in a squall. The boat is going to sink. And that's, that's it. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about maintaining the boat. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's fun to think about too, just like the potential in our mentality as just, you know, from what I've seen in my own life, even recently, the changes that have been made and to see it on broader scales and the, the conversations we continue to have, it's, it's very exciting. And uh, yeah, it's just cool. The potential to see in more of a collective mentality of this mindset is pretty incredible to think about. Yeah. It's so exciting. And, and admittedly, like again, 20 years, 20 years where it's just been me. I mean, for the most part, my poor wife has really taken the brunt of it for, the, for those 20 years. But even then, it's like, I'm just going to leave you alone. You got your own thing to do and focus on this and myself. And, and always looking at the world, looking at what was happening, looking at you know, 9-11, looking at everything that happened with the financial crisis and everything that's happened since like 2001. Um, you think to yourself, okay, is there anything we can do with this? And then you have to keep coming back to the fact that that's just narrative. My reality is here. So my relationship with my reality is all I have in terms of responsibility. And so it's just been purifying my own experience of that, getting myself out of the way, seeing that the ripples I create have more influence when I'm actually being reality as opposed to being something in reality. And, and so you just keep working on yourself. And this is why I said at the beginning of the episode, it doesn't matter if you're alone, the universe changes with you because you are connected to everything. Regardless of distance, you don't have to talk to people to be people. You are people, right? You are awareness as a whole. And so we all change together. And again, 20 years later, I, I can't express to you how surreal it is to see that in action, to see that actually playing out, to watch the growth 
of this discussion. And, and again, it's funny because you could say, well, you started a podcast, right? Like the discussion is going to grow. But the fact is, is that we have several thousand people actively participating in this. Whereas at one point in my life, I couldn't find half a dozen. Right. And those people existed long before we started the podcast, which means that they've been out there growing on their own this whole time. All we're doing is giving them a room to come and hang. In, right. That's amazing. And this is what I mean. Like there's a process happening. There is a process happening and we're a part of it. And it's just important to remember to be responsible as the process, but not to think that that requires control of the process. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, even just seeing, you know, in my videos and I was talking to uh, Sophie recently was, was mentioning how she, she saw one of my older videos and she was scrolling through some of them and she was like, wow, like it's, it's really cool, honestly, to see the progress that you've made in these recognitions, because it's clear that, you know, you weren't as clear with a lot of this stuff, not that long ago. And so I, I like when people see that, because if they think that, oh, this guy is like young and like clear and whatever, it's like, it was not that long ago, 24, 25 year old Andrew was not like this at all. He's very much caught up in lots of different illusions and was kind of open to just believing in whatever made him feel better in the moment. And there's been a lot of shifts and, and recognitions that have been made over the last year, pretty much that have changed a lot of my mentality. And so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take years. It takes a single moment, a single recognition. And that is, that is it. And it's, you're always right now. <laughs> it's so true. And I, it's funny because I, I go back to uh, our first discussion. Or, or early in the podcast and you as a person it's so very interesting because you've always been you but there's just more of you showing now and then you can tell like it's just the weight isn't there there's not you're not second guessing yourself you're not necessarily processing the experience of who you are while you do this you're just doing it right and and, and you're right it is transformative and it's incredible how quickly it becomes transformative if it's kept simple and light. And, and that's something that I'm, I'm glad that we communicate so often in this podcast because Sophie herself and anybody who, who hasn't went and uh, watched Sophie's TikTok content, I think it's uh, Soph's underscore talk. Go and check out her content. It's great. But if you go and look at even the progression of her own videos, you can see her shedding all that weight, right? Like even her most recent videos, you can see her enthusiasm. You can see the light within her just coming out. She's not worried about whether or not we're appreciating it. She's basking in it, right? And because of that, we appreciate it. And that process is, again, the oscillating in and out of clarity. The more we feel that, the easier it is to get to that, the easier it is to, to recognize when we're not feeling that, right? And it becomes its own compass, you know, but we have to learn how to feel it. And in order to learn how to feel where we are on the path, we have to learn how to feel the step that we've invested in, right? And that's it. As soon as we can recognize that the step we're in is either made of illusion or is based in reality, the path changes, right? And so that is individually and collectively what we're doing. We're recognizing that we have been invested in an illusion and then 
in recognizing that, the illusion's disappearing and we're finding ourselves a little bit too far down a path that isn't as pleasant as we thought it would be. And that is the process of repenting. That's what repent has always meant. Turn around, go the other way. That's all it means. But in order for us to repent, we have to see the direction that we've been heading in. And we can't see the direction that we're heading in so long as our head is up our ass, right? Because we're so caught up in the reaction to the path that we can't see ourselves progressing farther and farther down it. So that's the first and only step is the recognition of the step. And that changes the direction of the path. That's all Jesus was ever trying to say when he was talking about repenting. Recognize, turn around. And we're doing exactly that. Because again, and I'm going to say it one more time because it feels good. It's getting late. It's getting late. Absolutely. Yeah. Just all of Jesus's teachings when you see them for what they were. So fascinating. Just how, uh, how much of it has been misunderstood. And it's just a lack of questioning for the people who manipulated it is a lot of it, what it comes down to. And, and yeah, but I think a lot of what he was saying was just, it's getting late <laughs> in different forms. Wake up. It's getting late. He even actually leave. gives a parable about living like a servant whose master could come home at any time. Yeah, that's that's fascinating because that's that's what just living moment to moment here and now every moment be ready or what what was it something about the uh, candle burning some lantern keep your lantern lit for you don't know when the master will come home something like that yeah crazy live in the moment don't put it off don't get comfortable don't make excuses right be responsible have faith be in the step. It's also very simple when we break it down, but in order to break it down, it requires us to actually want to see. And in order for us to want to see, we have to recognize, or at least we have to admit to ourselves, we're done with this path. I've recognized where this path goes. I recognize the damage that it's causing. I recognize where this feeling of conflict and suffering is coming from. And that is enough. It's not that I'm changing directions because it's the right thing to do so much as it's right for me. And it's about having faith that everybody in their own time and given the opportunity to see will do that as well, or at least we'll have the option to do that. And as more of us do that, the more likely it is that others will want to join. But that process, again, is just, it's just ongoing. It's not something we can rush. It's not something that we should rush because if we were to rush it, it would end up becoming a different path again, right? So we have to maintain our own sense of equilibrium. This can't be about any kind of movement. It can't be about any kind of global change. The change is organic. The change, as always, starts and ends with you because you are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And as that, there is nowhere to get and there's nothing to be that you aren't already here now, always and forever. And on that note, 
we're going to wrap up episode 14 because this has been a fantastic conversation. We have another episode coming up soon with a guest. Um, Roundtable number four was amazing. If you haven't caught it yet, definitely go back and take a look. Um, if anybody listening to this would like to participate in a future roundtable, go to our website. There is a, a section where you can contact us and let us know which dates you're available, what you'd like to talk about. And then, of course, we will reach out to you if, if we can and invite you onto the show. Uh, roundtables are going to be coming, are going to be becoming more frequent as we progress into the show, as we're able to put more and more time into uh, everything that is dualistic unity, not just the show, but the live events and, and hopefully some actual in-person events and uh, retreat, which we are brainstorming at the moment. Of course, we're still talking about uh, Beyond Transcendence, the second part to Discover Transcendence. If you haven't watched that yet, definitely go and check that out because Beyond Transcendence is going to go even farther down that road. Um, and on that note, I think we're going to end the episode here. Definitely join us next week. Andrew, if you have any other announcements for us. I think that's about it. I think this was an incredible conversation for usual. I hope everyone enjoyed. And, and if you didn't, that's okay too, because we're not doing it to help anyone. As we mentioned, we're just doing it to have a conversation. And if those resonate, fantastic but again if you haven't checked us out on discord definitely do that join us on patreon a lot going on in both they'll be linked they're linked in our profile on youtube they're linked in description so definitely check us out and we'll see you next week all right bye everyone